This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour, the best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. As you know, I've been doing this show for a long time. It's my 31st year on the radio. I'm in my 41st year of practice. And we talk about a lot of different topics on this show each week. Um, Confidence, focus, sportsmanship, mental preparation, team building. This is a wonderful time in sports right now. The World Series just ended last night. And uh, Houston beat Philadelphia. I'm a little bummed because uh, Philadelphia's manager is a great guy. His name is Rob Thompson. He was the catcher for the University of Kansas back in the 80s when I worked up there, and I've known him over the years, stayed in touch, and a wonderful guy. Got uh, named interim manager back in, I believe it was May, when Joe Girardi was fired, and he led them to the World Series. College football is going on. KU had a big win against Oklahoma State yesterday. K-State lost to Texas in in a... Pretty tight game for a while. College basketball's going on, the NBA, the NHL. The Chiefs have a huge game tonight against the Tennessee Titans. And it's a great time in sports. If you've listened to me before on this show throughout the years, you know I don't share much. I say a little bit about my personal life. Don't say that much. But, uh, you know, I've got two sons, wonderful wife, remarried a year ago. And I've been blessed to have had a mother who shaped me and guided me into the person I am. And with a heavy heart, I want to share this morning that my mother passed away this past week. Dorothy Joan Duncan was 91 years old, lived out in California, and my mother passed away from complications from some bleeding ulcers. Um, I've thought deeply about what to say today on the show. You know, there's so many things we can talk about, but I thought I'd take a few minutes and start by talking about my mother. Because my mother made me who I am. She didn't meet a person who wasn't her friend. She volunteered in all kinds of things, did all kinds of things. She loved kids. She spent half her 
second part of her life, her second marriage to the most wonderful man in the world named Lester Duncan, who passed away 20 years ago, out in Palm Springs and volunteered for the Boys and Girls Club out there. She did stuff for United Cerebral Palsy here in town. My mother spent her life cheering up people. And um, there's virtually no one I know who didn't know my mother, who didn't love her. She loved people. She loved life. And sorry, this is just a little hard, but I needed to talk about my mom today to start the show. She taught me about love, about life, about people. She made me the person I am. More so than my father, and exponentially more. And I'm gonna share a story about where I am with what I do because it's because of my mom. In 1981, I moved back home from grad school in the summer and uh, actually got home on my mom's 50th birthday, August 14, 1981. And the next day, actually that, that day, I stopped at the Olympic Training Center to interview to work as a sports psych to talk about working as a sports psychologist. And the uh, individual I met with, assistant head of sports medicine out there, said, quote, we don't need any of you PhD types of people coming around here telling us we're wrong with our athletes. To be blunt, it pissed me off. Driving home, I said, I, I am not going to not work with the Olympic team. I'm gonna, I set a goal to work with the Olympic team, professional team, and college team within five years. Started at KU in November of 81. June of 82, the sports medicine called me from the Olympic Training Center and said the cycling team wanted a sports psychologist, so I started with them. A couple years later, I started working with the Kansas City Commons and several years later with the Royals. But that day when I moved home, the next day I sat down and I, I moved back into the house I grew up in because basically all I had was my car, my stereo, my clothes, and my tennis racket. And uh, my father, who was a very prominent physician, sat down with me and said, all right, you got to start working and making some money. And I said, yeah, I know. And I had set up uh, my practice with psychologist Dr. Stanley Butts and started working with him. And my father said, well, how are you going to make money? You're going to start seeing people. I said, yes, but I'm going to develop my sports psychology practice. And my father said, you will never do that. No one has ever done that before. And he said, I'm going to fix you up to work in the psychiatric ward at Menorah Hospital. And I told him, I'm not doing that. I, I don't want to work with, with the psychotic population. I want to work with athletes. And he looked me in the eye and said, you will never survive at that. No one has done that, which is true. No one had done that before, basically. And you won't, won't do it. It won't work. Well, I went upstairs, and my mother and my grandmother, my mom's mom who lived with us, had overheard the conversation, and my mom said, sit down. She goes, I heard that, and I want to ask you something. Do you believe in what you're doing? And I said, yes, Mom, because I'd spent my 
last year of grad school as an intern at San Diego State working with the gymnastics team and tennis team and saw what the mental side of sports was. And also being a tennis player my whole life, if I knew knew all this stuff when I played, I would have been a hell of a lot better. Anyway, my mom and grandmother were sitting there and my mom said, I want you to listen to me. If you believe you can do this, you do it. Because I back you 100%. That was August 15th, 1981. And mom, I did it. She knew I did it because she was my biggest fan. The reason I'm here doing what I do is because of my mother. I owe her everything. And I just wanted to start the show today by thanking my mom for supporting me, for backing me up, and for being the best person I've ever known. I saw her two weeks ago in California in the hospital. She's still cracking jokes and being herself. And the last time I saw her, when I walked out the room, I hugged her and she said, Andrew, I love you. I want to thank my mom for everything she taught me. I don't normally share these things on the air, but I needed to do this today for myself. So thank you for putting up with this this morning. I'm a usually pretty happy and upbeat guy, but I'm in a lot of pain right now. And I will be until we bury her this week. But I wanted to thank everybody who listens to this show. And I want to thank all the people who've contacted me in the last week. And before we go to a break here, all my friends, and I'm fortunate to have a lot, Every one of my friends sent me messages saying your mother was like a second mother to me. She was always happy. She was always upbeat. She always gave us food when we came over to your house. She always asked us about how we were. And she was like a second mother to me. And that wasn't just one person. That was about 15 people who told me that. So, Mom, God rest your soul. You will always be part of me, and you're the reason I am who I am. So, thank you. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour. And I hope you will please... Uh, allow me to have said what I said about my mom as we open the show today because it's 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 a hard time uh, you know we all at some point will lose a loved one and uh, it, it, it's really been difficult to lose my mom since she was 91 and obviously been there every day of my life until the last couple of days so uh, I hope you'll permit me to say that our phone number here is 913-3810-810 you know 
I talk about so many different topics on this show, but I thought today, based on how I opened it, with, with talking about the loss of my mother, just who sh who shapes us, who makes us who we are, how how do we get to where we are in terms of of our lives and what we become? What are, what are the people that influence us? You know, we start obviously at home. And then we leave the home and we encounter all kinds of people in our lives. And if you play sports, you're around wealth of people, coaches, teammates, uh, fans, cr critical people, positive people, negative people. Uh, but how do you how do you deal with all that? I'd like to, like to find out if 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 you've had to deal with the loss of a parent. And you had to go play your sport as an athlete. We hear, you know, we hear this all the time about, you know, athletes who lose a family member. How how difficult is it to go out there and go play your sport then afterwards? I think it's pretty damn hard because you go with a heavy heart. Our phone number is nine one three three eight ten eight ten. If you'd like to join in, Blake, you want to jump in here? Yeah, I um. You know, obviously we've, obviously you and I have talked off air, um, and, and my my biggest condolences go out to you, because I I was never lucky enough to meet your mother, but I've met you, and I've known you now for, for hell, what three years, three or four years. Three well, then you did meet now. my mother because she's, yeah, she's because right you're the product of her. Yes, in in more more ways than one, believe me. Yeah. So, um, one obviously. I just, I just want to say that she sounds like a lovely person from everything that I've gotten to experience and hear from you over the past couple of years, just talking about her. And I do think it's, it's tough as somebody who does this for a living, somebody who speaks to the public, somebody who has to get up and, you know, like you said, you know, I, you started the show by saying you don't share a lot of personal things with our listeners, but I think in a way you do just from your experiences. And so anybody who knows you knows that when you, when you get on that microphone and, and, and believe it or not, it takes a lot of courage to, to speak on certain things. And you deal with a heavy topic in general, you deal with sports psychology, you deal with the mind of people, the mental side of everything. It's not the physicality. We can talk about stats and figures and athletes all day but when it comes to the personal side the things that make people tick I think people sometimes forget that you have something that makes you tick as well you know you're you're dealing with this the mental side but you you have a mental side as well and I think it takes a lot of courage especially in light of something when when something so sad and something so personal and something so deep happens it takes a lot to either one, not speak about it because you feel like you have a job to do and you don't want to cloud it with personal things or to speak about it. It's almost a, a you know, you, I, I can see the, the damned if you do, damned if you don't because you want to be a professional. But at the end of the day, that is you being a professional. Bottom, bottom line, I'm a human being. Exactly. And... and 
and of course everybody is, but but it it comes down to, um, you know, emotion, how you feel, what's inside you. No matter what you think, I really believe strongly that how you feel makes makes who you are. As as much as you can rationalize things out um, and think things through. Um, the the emotional side, the uh, internal side of, of how you feel really dictates what you do and how you do it. And uh, you know you you've been a wonderful uh, engineer, board operator. You do a great job, and I appreciate that. And I want to thank you for your comments, Blake. Because you know I I love doing this show every week, and uh, you know as I said, it's my th- January I'll be starting my 32nd year on the radio and uh, it's it's I love doing this and I love taking calls and getting in discussions with people um, about how you're doing and how you do with things once again our number is 913-3810-810 if you'd like to join in um, we all we all have to deal with loss we all have to deal with uh, the death of, of a loved one and it's not easy um, but I, I, my goal in life is to live as obviously long as I can, but I'm going to live and be who I am because of what my mom taught me. And, uh, I know she's part of me and she will be part of me for the rest of my life. She has made a huge impact on both my sons as well as my sisters and, and my uh, nieces and nephew. Um, so, you know, the emotional side of, of who we are really dictates who we are. We have a call. Let's see what Billy has to say. Billy, good morning. How are you? I, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, I've never listened to your show before today. I'm, I happen to be uh, driving Springfield, Missouri, to my father's funeral. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And uh, he, he died this week at the age of 91 as well. Oh, wow. Wow. And... Uh, you know, I turned 70 this week, and uh, I, so I had a dad for my whole life, 70 for 70 years. Not many of my friends have had that. And uh, a lot of my friends, their parents died when they were 40 or 50. And uh, I, I'm having trouble, I'm wrestling a little bit with the fact that I, I feel selfish that I'm kind of a whiny baby about the fact that my 91-year-old father lived a great life and uh, a full life, and uh, he's gone. I watched him suffer for two weeks, and uh, I just wanted to call and tell you, <laughs> I feel your pain. Well, yeah, we have a lot in common here. It's it's. Uh, first of all, I'm so sorry that you lost your dad, but... What you just said, you know, it's interesting because uh, my mom was the last to go of all my friends' parents and uh, in much the same way. And, yeah. And uh, yeah. in some ways I always felt, you know, a little sad about that. That, I mean, two of my closest friends' parents were killed in car wrecks years ago. I mean, I've had to deal with a lot of pain with my friends and and seeing them lose their parents. But the the thing that's helped me get through this this past week it's just, even though I felt, you know, sort of 
sad that in a way that my mom was the only one left but all my friends told me she was like a second mom to them and and the messages i had how much she meant to them so i'm sure in many ways your dad was that way to you feel for you Billy because I feel the same way about my mother I feel for you but let me let me let me tell you this because what I've what I've been thinking all week is how lucky I was to have had my mom all these years I'm I'm be 68 so we're about the same age and I just my mom loved life she loved people as much as she loved me she loved everybody and she loved all our all the dogs we had and She's taught me, she always taught me to enjoy every minute you're here. And that's what I'm going to keep doing, and I hope you can do the same thing, and I'm sure your dad probably taught you the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. My father, he was probably nothing like your mom. He, you know, came from immigrant, you know, immigrant parents. My dad didn't really speak English until he was probably in kindergarten. Grew up in Detroit. Always had a D on his ball cap, um, but he was a curmudgeon. He just was a, <laughs> he always saw the glass half empty instead of half full. Uh, but that's the way he was, and we accepted him. That's just the way my dad was. Well, and, and we loved him. we loved him anyway. Then take all that, because what I'm taking about my mother with me, and in some ways I think it's going to make me a stronger person, because I had somebody who loved me every day and no matter what I did she always told me that and if I screwed up she told me too she wasn't afraid to tell me my mom was born in Brooklyn so she was a New Yorker and uh, she wasn't afraid to tell anybody what she thought but she always tried to do it in a positive way so you're lucky you had your dad this long and just like I'm doing I hope you can take his memory and everything he taught you and share with you and I think you can be at peace with that because you got to have that as well. Well, we'll, we'll lay him to rest tomorrow. And I hope that um, it, it's healing for all of us. I, my kids will miss him. He taught my kids to hunt, to fish. He was an athlete. He, he coached them and, and everything that they did. They never listened, of course. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I hope that this week brings you peace as well. Well... I want to look forward to listening to your show. Well, thank you so much. Um, my best to you this week too. I know it's going to be hard. It, it, there's no way it won't be. But you know, after after you get through it, then all the positive stuff is what you th- you remember and think about, and it'll get you through everything. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, that's very true. Thank you. Okay. Good luck to you, and thank you for calling. And my best wishes to you. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome, Bye-bye. Billy. Thank you. All right, that frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810 if you'd like to join the show. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Uh, what a great call, and I feel for her we're going through the same thing. Um, 
I want to tell a little story about my mom. When my kids were, my sons are 17 months apart, Jonathan and Gregory, they were probably nine and 10. And if Jonathan, if you're listening, uh, you can call in and comment on this. But one day my mom took my kids to Burger King. And uh, so they go take off and uh, they go in the drive through lane. And my mom starts to place the order. Except, you know, when you drive through, there's that, that tube you talk into, right? So uh, she starts placing the order. My kids are cracking up. Grandma, Grandma, you're talking to the trash can. No, this is where you place the order. Grandma, it's the trash can. You order up there. And then she goes, oh, duh. So my mom drives up, and then when she places the order, starts telling these people, get rid of that trash can. I was talking to it, and nobody talked back to me. Why do you have that there? So those are the memories that make you smile, make you laugh. And uh, that's the type of stuff that, you know, makes me feel good about the time my mother was here. Our number is 913-3810-810. If you'd like to share a story, I know this is the Sports Psychology Hour, but today it's a little bit different turn, different twist. Um, you want to share a story about the role your mom or dad had in your life, what they taught you, how they helped you, I'd love to hear from you. And how you dealt with losing. Especially if you have to go to work or if you're an athlete, if you're a coach. You know, we hear the stories all the time about athletes and coaches who will lost their loved one and they've got they go out and play, right, Blake? I mean, we hear this all the time. Well, it's it's good timing because I I do have a, a quick little quick little story, but um, I grew up with one grandparent on each side. I lost both grandparents when I was uh, uh, what a couple months before I was born, and then I believe six months after I was born. So I never knew my grandfather on my dad's side and my grandmother on my mom's side. But I knew my grandfather and my grandmother on separate sides. And they are very two very different people. Um, I lost my grandmother when I was in high school, so formidable years of, of your youth, and I did not live in the same city as my grandmother. My grandmother lived in Jefferson City, Missouri. She was the type of person that no matter what time of day it was, no matter when you came over, what time of year, she wanted to make sure that you were comfortable. So when I would come over, she knew that my favorite food in the world was spaghetti. I it, thought you were going to say a quarter pounder. <laughs> no, it might look like it. Hey, I've been trying to lose some weight, Dr. Jacobs. Come on. Um, my favorite food in the world is spaghetti. And it could be 10 a.m. when I would show up at, at my grandmother's house. And she'd say, hey, do you want me to, are you, are you hungry? I said, yeah, Grandma, I am hungry. She's like, well, you're always hungry, Blake. You, I, I, I'm, hell, I'm eating right now. <laughs> she said, do you want me to make you some spaghetti? It's 10 a.m. in the morning. Like, you should be eating breakfast. She said, yeah, but of course you said yes. Of course I said yes. I'm a, I've, I am notorious for not having rules on when I eat food. But anyway, that was the type of person she would. She would go into the kitchen and whip up spaghetti 
for you at, at 10 a.m. in the morning. And then when you were done with it, she'd figure, she, do you want some ice cream? She always had this saying. She said, no matter how full you are, you're never too full for ice cream because it just fills the cracks in between. She was such a loving person. And when I, I got a phone call when I was in high school, at school, in the middle of, of going to class, messing with my friends, doing what I was doing, I was called to the office and found out. So my grandmother had very bad Alzheimer's. And it went from her being 83 years old, 82 years old, liveliest woman I knew, happiest woman I knew, to essentially in a year, about a year and a half, jumping off a cliff into didn't, you know, didn't know my name. Literally not figured. Literally, you know, didn't even recognize her because she... And that's it's hard to deal with something like that because I know you've talked about um, you know dementia, and Alzheimer's on on the show before as well as as with with family issues and it's sad when you when you have to not only when somebody goes through that but when when the family members have to go through that because the some the person that you know you know is still there but they're not there the person that you know when you look at them and they don't know your name. Or they call you by the wrong name. And it starts small. It's little things. And then progresses into big things, you know. Uh, eventually, she couldn't even hardly form sentences because it was had gotten so bad. And But when you look in their eyes, you can see the struggle of them knowing that they, they're there trying. It's almost like they're trapped in their own mind, but they, right. they right. cannot escape. And I know right. that you know... What I'm talking about with this, it's, you know, trying, you can see them recognizing that they're struggling, but they don't know how to break through that. And that was one of the hardest things for me is, was to see that happen. So when I got that phone call at school, I mean, I was a, I was, I turned into the biggest baby in the world. I was crying. I was, it was tough because the woman who had showed so much love to me in my life, you know, obviously my mother had too, but you know, my, your grandmother is your grandmother. So this is different, you know, and um, it's sad. But it, it, just like Billy said, she she said she almost felt kind of selfish, and I felt selfish in the same way that I said I'm actually relieved. And that was sad for me to even utter those words. Well, when when because when she was in pain, you can yeah. see that you can see. I say she's she's at rest now. You know what I mean. Well, yeah, that that's that's exactly right. And and when you lose someone you love, especially a parent, as Billy is sharing, as I've shared about losing my mother, it's it's hard. I don't know. I I, I mean, I guess losing a child is worse. But but uh, I, I I'm you know. I, I wanted to share this today because I know we all go through things like this in life. And um, it's been, and I guess the only way to put it, it really sucks. It just sucks when you love somebody when your parent leaves us. And uh, But I'm going to, as I said, my, mo my mom gave me the inspiration to do what I wanted to do, which is become a sports psychologist. And she backed me 100%. And I know she's not with us now, and 
physically, but but emotionally and spiritually she is. And I know she'd probably be telling me, why are you doing a show talking about me? You should be talking about focus and concentration and preparation. Don't talk about me. But I'm talking about my mother because I, I am who I am because of her. Our phone number is 913-3810-810. If you've had to deal, and we all do, but if, 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 especially if you're a coach or an athlete and you lost your parent, how'd you get through it during the season? If you had to, co- I, I've, I've worked with so many people who've had to deal with this, especially coaches who are guiding young people and then they have to deal with this pain themselves. Our number is 913 I'd love to hear from you. Get your thoughts how you've dealt with this. It's been a rough few days for me, but we're going to get through it. And what's going to hit me the most is as I move on beyond this, beyond my mother's passing, is just the messages I've had. And I, before we go to a break, I just want to share a message I got last night from someone and we'll move on after this but Annie my deepest sympathy your mom was the most amazing person one bright shining light filled with energy and know-how zest and love and the heart to make the world better which she accomplished in her civic involvement through your sisters and grandchildren I'm sorry for the sadness it brings you I know she left with many great memories which I hope would be comforting as time goes by if we can take that type of message with ourselves i think it makes us better i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs we'll go to a break but i'd love to hear from you 913-3810-810 especially if, if you've played sports if you're an athlete a coach and you're you had to you lost a family member you lost a parent and you had to go out and play how'd you do it how'd you handle it 913-3810-810 is our number give me a call let's talk we're on leader in sports sports radio 810 whb Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is Sports Psychology Hour, and today's a little bit of a different show. As I shared top of the show, I lost my mother this week, and um, I'm talking about her today. You know, I always talk about a lot of things on this show, but I just selfishly I needed to do this for myself to get help me get through it and share with you what my mom did for me and how she made me who I am. Um, and we, we had Billy who called earlier, who's going through the same thing down in Southern Missouri and Billy, I know you're going to get through it. You sound like a wonderful woman and you're lucky you had your dad as long as actually a little bit longer, uh, than I had my mom. So nine, one, three, three, eight, 10, eight, tens are numbered. Love to hear from you. How you dealt with losing your parent, if, especially if you're an athlete or coach, I know you hear these stories all the time about a coach parent dies the day before and they have to go out and work it's it's, it's hard it's hard it's it, it, it's it's very painful and uh i want to dedicate this show to my mom i've been on the air 31 years and i really talked that much about her but i love my mother more than anything and she made me who i am let's go back to the phones oh this is my son okay 
Gregory. Good morning, said You are in Chicago. You're not here. Good morning. Yes, greetings from Chicago. I'm sitting here with your sister, your niece, uh, your brother-in-law, and your great-nephew. My great-nephew, um, who's, what, four months old now, five months old. Three and a half. Yeah, kicking away, uh, as well as Sprinkles. And, well, I guess Gavin's the newest addition to the Newman clan. But Sprinkles um, is a dog, Blake. Sprinkles, Sprinkles is, a dog, is a dog. Yes. Um, That's not my my grandnephew. His name's Gavin. <laughs> uh, and but uh, he he's probably I'm, been called Sprinkles a few times, though. I'm guessing. Um, maybe I I'm on my way back to Kansas City, so I'll see you later this afternoon um, after the Chiefs game. Um, and if there are any listeners out there that have an extra ticket that would <laughs> <laughs> like to get me in, would love to take you up on that. But, All right, um, you're getting and, here too late. We'll we'll move on that anyway. Um, it's obviously been um, super challenging and grandma was such a big part of my life and I know like you and your sister's lives as well but um, being here and just kind of having the first uh, like check-in with family has been just I think great and super helpful and um, we've been sharing our memories of grandma um, and I think one of my earliest memories of grandma um, was swimming in her pool. And uh, she had this amazing house in Palm Springs with uh, a beautiful pool in the backyard that overlooked the mountains and the palm trees. Was this when you were skinny dipping, Gregory? (laughs) Before the skinny dipping, even when we were even younger than that. And I just remember loving uh, being in the water and swimming. Um, And it definitely, uh, I think, ultimately played a role into why I decided to swim uh, for 20 years of my life. But um, outside of that, I remember grandma always being at the swim meets at Oakwood and cheering me on um, and just always being a, uh, a an ear that would listen when I was having a bad need or missed a time or missed a cut. Um, and it was just such a treat to see her at the bar Um watching down because it was too hot to be out on the pool deck but she was almost always there and um i don't know if there are any grandparents out there listening um or parents even but i think you know if you're ever thinking about should i go uh, to my grandkid or kids game um or should i do something else i i don't think that your kid or whoever is playing will ever regret seeing you there um and having another fan in the stands cheering you on like grandma always did and um just loved every time i got to see her over the last 31 years and i love you grandma and um it's so weird to not have you here but i'm so glad that we got to spend so much time together well son thanks for sharing that um you know how much she loved you and your brother as well as your cousins and uh that's the you know she had a big impact on who you are as well so yeah anyway thanks for calling him sign i'll see you tonight you fly safe okay yeah love okay. you i'll okay. see you in a little bit okay bye-bye um you know when you lose a loved one as as we're sharing today and selfishly i'm talking about my mother today and i hope you are okay with that um I think getting that call, well, obviously hearing from my son, but 
also hearing from Billy who called from Southern Missouri who's going through the same thing. Um, I, th I think the impact our, our parents have on our lives shapes us, guides us, molds us into who we are initially. And obviously we're affected by a lot of people throughout our lives. We meet lots of people. We have lots of different relationships. Um, but I think my mom taught me so, so many things, but I think the most important thing she taught me was this. My mother never met anybody she didn't love. Um, sometimes it was difficult to move on from some things. But she always taught me to respect people and to believe in people. But most importantly, she told me to believe in myself. And I've had lots of ups and downs in my life, as we all do. But I think one of the messages that she taught me throughout my life, don't give up, don't quit, unless you're done. And, uh, you know, it's hard sometimes to deal with negativity. It's hard to deal with failure. It's hard to deal with things not going your way. But until the end, there's always a next day. There's always another day. And I know one of the things that I always talk to people about in my practice, as well as here on the show, is what did you learn from what happened? How did you grow from that? How did you get better from that? You know, Blake, remember we did a show a year, a little more than a year and a half ago. And that show was, how do you learn, What? why is learning how to lose a good thing, especially for young people? Of course. And remember we had a guy who called up and said, "We're te I'm teaching people uh, uh, how to be female parts. Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> For he, lack he, of a better word. He was, yeah, yeah he was uh, pretty negative about it. But, you know, we're all going to fail. We're all going to screw up. We're going to mess up. Um, and how we get through it, in part from my life I've learned, is how we're shaped when we're younger. How did you learn to st stand back up when you fell down? How did you learn when you struck out to come up the next time? When you dropped a pass, when you double faulted, when you swam slow or ran slower than you're supposed to? How'd you deal with that? How'd you move on from that? How'd you cope with the negativity? And I think that's where, how we're, we're, we're taught and guided by our parents, by our grandparents, by our loved ones, whoever they may be teaching us as we grow up. And, um, my mother taught me so many things, but I think the most important thing she taught me more than anything else was to respect people, be kind to people, and do the best you can, whatever that is. And I I hope if you listen to this show uh, and, and take some of the advice that I, I share from my perspective, you'll hear my mother when I say those things because that's what she taught me. You know, it's, it's difficult in life to lose anyone, to lose anyone you love, whether it's a family member, a friend, a pet. It, it's difficult. But I, I'm going to get through this. Uh, and, and doing this today actually has been really good therapy for me to just share on the air how I'm dealing with this. 
and uh, hearing my son call, which I didn't know he was going to, so that, that was surprising. But most importantly, I think the call we had from Billy from Southern Missouri who's going through the same thing. It's really hard when you lose someone, especially a parent. And uh, I think the most important thing that we can take from all, the, all of that is what they taught us, but most importantly, what they taught us about loving people, respecting people, and getting through life. And that's how I'm gonna move on, and that's how I will deal with things the rest of my life, which I hope lasts a long time. You know, I've done this show for 21 years, 31 years on the radio now. Talked to lots of people. Um, I love doing this show. And uh, just want to thank you all for listening. Let's let's go quickly to Ira. We don't have much time left, but Ira, thank you for calling. Hey, give you my condolences first. Um, well, thank you. For having me. I know you got two minutes left. I had a quick question to ask. Sure. I want to know... Um, my mom is still alive. I lost my dad, and my mom has been my biggest supporter and cheerleader. And she's already lost a child, but me and my mom go back and forth. I told my mom I'd rather go before she goes, and she said she couldn't stand to lose another child. But I, am I wrong for being selfish? Because I'm 51 years old, and I haven't lost, I've lost a parent, so I know how that feels. I haven't lost a child, but I know how it feels to lose a parent. And I don't know if I can lose another parent. Well, Ira, first of all, thanks for calling. And look, um, we know, don't know when we're going to go. We don't know who's going to go first, last, or whatever. So my advice to you would be this. Enjoy every moment you have with her and, and try not to think and worry about that. Take advantage of the time you're both together. Because when it's your right. time to go, you're going to go, no matter whether that's you or her. So right. don't don't focus on that. Focus on the fact that you're you're both together, and that you got her, and she has you. Okay. And if you can do that, my friend, you will be a lot happier. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. And listen, take advantage of every moment you've got with her because you've got her, and she has you. All right. Okay. Take Thank care of yourself. Okay. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I. Thank, I want to thank you for listening today. This is very hard to do because I love my mother as much as I could love anybody. And everybody who knows me, I know I love my sons, I love my wife, and I love my, I've loved every dog I've had the same way. So, Mom, I know you're listening somewhere. You made me who I am. You shaped me and guided me to become the person I am, and I want to thank you for that. I'll be back next week and we'll talk about sports again. So thanks for listening today. Take care. Go Chiefs. You can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want.